0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi Bennett of Vibrant Visionaries Podcast and Spinal Tap Minute Podcast. And this is a quick little promo for an upcoming event and it's Movies by Minutes Portland. We're going to be meeting up in Portland, Oregon on Saturday, August 24th for live podcasting, games. On the stage, we've got the Movies by Minutes guys from Star Wars Minute. Actually, it's going to be a mashup of Star Wars Minute and The Godfather Minute. The newly pod game, Rick from Mad Max Minute is going to be hosting that. Vibrant Visionaries, where I'm going to have the fellas from Open the Podcast Doors, Hal, (laughs) which I think you could probably figure out which podcast that is. And then just added the cast, and the furious. So lots of live podcasting and some games going on. Tickets are $20. It's a family-friendly event. It's really a social event. It's not just for the Movies by Minutes listener, but the podcast listener and fan alike. Go to moviesbyminutes.com slash Portland. That's moviesbyminutes.com slash Portland portland to buy tickets again tickets are 20 bucks see you in portland
1: oh that's why my name is jungle skunk in the i saw
0: that
2: it totally looks like a skunk but from what i saw and i looked up some images and videos to corroborate the mexican tree porcupine or mexican hairy dwarf porcupine oh hairy dwarf
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was my nickname in college (laughs) Uh, He grew out of that nickname though. Yeah. Come on in you fuckers. Come on in.
2: Old painless is waiting. Come on in, you fuckers. Come on in. Old painless is waiting. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie.
1: And I'm Jeff Clever. Uh, John, I hear you're locked in a basement for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm in
2: a very special super secret recording location mm-hmm. uh, for Minute 47. I'm in the basement of my parents-in-law. We are uh, up in the beautiful San Juan islands in Washington state mm. visiting for the weekend. And it is gorgeous outside. I can see the pink sunset and yeah, just doing some recording of predator minute and a really cool feeling basement. Just a lot of can good. You, can
1: you see it from the basement or are you just um, having to imagine? <laughs> it <in the> <laughs> I'm told there's a sunset and I think I'm facing the right way. <laughs> Someone's going to bring you water and, and white bread later. Please turn it, on the lights under the door. <laughs>
2: right <laughs> <laughs> no there there is there is some windows because the house is built on a hill facing the uh, the water yeah and then the the part you know whenever you have that part of the house built against the earth like the downstairs is naturally cool all year and i, yeah. I love that feature yeah. but um yeah our, our house doesn't have that because we're built just on flat land <laughs> but anytime we visit here it's nice to come here when it's hotter out
1: into the basement where it's nice and cool and you can see uh, a view of the salish sea yeah and sometimes when you're on vacation it's nice to go lock yourself in the basement (laughs) (laughs) away from (laughs) away from the rest of the family my
2: friend (laughs)
1: jack daniels jack daniels (laughs) jack daniels (laughs) well uh excellent uh i'm glad you were able to uh figure this out remotely so we could um, not let our fans down and get minute 47 <laughs> out uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: maybe we'll yeah. do some <laughs> recording of minutes a little bit more ahead of time. Now that <laughs> vacation time for me is taking a couple week break.
1: Yeah. We should do some uh, daytime
2: minutes. Yeah. We could definitely yeah. do some daytime recordings. Uh, but today we're talking minute 47. You could call that the Tom Glavin of minutes. Tom Glavin was Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame baseball player. He was a pitcher for mainly uh, my Atlanta Braves. He was the MVP of the 95 World Series. Step into it! uh, One championship I have seen of my all time favorite team, the Braves. So that was really exciting. Um, Fun story about that is that. Um, I remember recording the game live just in case uh, they won it that night. I had mm. a, a couple mm-hmm. of recordings on because I think they had a chance to close out in game five and they didn't win that one in Cleveland. Went back to Atlanta and I re-recorded over that game five footage for game six. Fortunately, they won and I didn't blow the whole series. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Uh, what what year was that?
2: That was 95. That was, yeah, our first wow. or my second year living in Washington state moving from Tennessee Mm. fun little memory there.
1: I wonder what it's like to live in a city where you're, the baseball team there is good. <laughs> I've never experienced that. <laughs> well, it's funny because I guess was about
2: 95. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was
1: going to say, the Mariners were good in the mid-90s, and then again, yeah. like in 2001, but they have never gotten very far in the playoffs um, or never made it to the World Series, I should say.
3: Are we talking about Predator? What's we're going go We're talking on about here?
1: Predator. Yeah, we're going to have to be cutting some of that
2: out. But uh, Minute 47 of Predator opens with the camera panning upward. Past a bloody leaf, and ends with Blaine turning away from a non-threatening
1: animal. Mm-hmm. A continuation of the uh, of the pan upwards here, with the blood on the leaves, and we go up, and there's this nice effect of like blood dripping off the vine um, or the stick, whatever that is. Yeah. And, uh, continues up and up to almost the camera's pointing straight up, and we get this pretty gruesome body. Uh, hanging from the trees here and we learned that it is hawkins we're we're meant to believe
2: that this is hawkins there's right nowhere you're going to be hearing anybody um discovering it or mentioning it later in the movie it's simply to their knowledge hawkins is killed uh gutted and then taken out of their periphery out of their uh their viewpoint and none of them ever ever um see him and and that's i don't know it's interesting it's it's, it seems kind of rare for a horror movie or like a horror scene to have where the um someone is killed but their body is just never found yeah Um, i i can't think of many instances of that in horror movies because number one i'm not much of a horror uh watcher but uh number two is just I think really rare for the killer not to put the body on full display for everybody else to be scared of.
1: Yeah. And with a horror movie, like the reason horror fans watch horror movies is for the, you know, interesting and gruesome deaths of the cast members. So mm-hmm. if you don't get to see it, then uh, you're missing out. So we do finally get to, we, we had the lasagna before, but now we finally <laughs> get to see where that came from. He doesn't look, I know he's supposed to be, we don't get a full shot of like the the bottom half of his body, but he doesn't, look skinned here to me does he to you no and i don't know my head canon
2: until watching it like this moment or today my head canon has always said that he was skinned and then hung upside down from the tree but if we think back to the hopper and green berets who were skinned the gorillas skinned them
3: why did they skin me
2: those look skin those look like no skin you could see the organs the muscle tissue this right some some right. parts of the skeletal structure in here it just looks like it's a body that's been drained of its blood
1: yeah that's true yeah because it's kind of pale uh maybe he's just hanging it there for later he's going to come back later and finish the job yeah
2: and i mean the reason we're not seeing the bottom half is because that's where he was gutted but at right, the same right. it, it's it's an interesting choice for a horror movie to pull back i mean it is somewhat gory right here but like it could have been a lot worse on john mctiernan's part of like showing an open wound and like that's just yeah. hanging out
1: i'm curious about the special effects here um this is clearly like a practical like this is an actual uh body not a well not a real body obviously <laughs> but um you know i it, i it's pretty uh realistic looking and i don't know if it was um I don't know if you did research on um, the special effects they did here to create this model of Hawkins hanging from the trees, but it's pretty good. Although it doesn't look a lot like Hawkins. If I kind of like freeze on it and turn my head upside down so I can look at him, it's kind (laughs) of looks like, it kind of looks like Guile from street fighter was (laughs) Oh yeah. Like with the hair sticking up, but I guess it's because he's hanging upside down. That's a great drop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, it doesn't really look like Hawkins, but they only linger on the, the shot here for about four seconds and then they cut away pretty quickly. So the the effect is good. It's it I love that it's practical that we get a real physical, you know special effect here. Uh, it's pretty gruesome like he's dripping blood. Um, so overall, I think it works pretty well in, in its effectiveness. It's a,
2: it's a wonderful lead-up to it as well. As you mentioned before, it's a one-er. It's carrying over from 25 seconds from the last minute to yeah. the 30 seconds here. So altogether, it's just about a one-minute one minute one-er, uh, yeah. which is pretty incredible for an action sci-fi horror movie to spend that long on a lead-up to something. And what is it leading up to? Well, it's showing us the Predator's first kill of Dutch's team, um, and I like, like the pausing. It's like uh, there, there must be some kind of purpose in how the camera is raised here because it's it's not going up smoothly. It's like it'll kind of linger a little bit. It'll slowly go up. It'll take its time. Then it'll kind of reach higher and higher and higher. Um,
1: I really, I do like that. It's not, you're right. The speed kind of changes as the camera's moving along for, for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. And you know you're about to see something gruesome with this blood dripping down. And then once you hit the reveal, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then they don't, what's also great great. great about it too is they do the thing where they do in movies sometimes where they reveal something and then cut away to a different character or or a different uh, event happening in the story and you know we're going to come back to revisit this probably but for now we're just going to let you see that and then we're going to jump our next character here, which is uh, Blaine, of course. So we'll get into that for the second half of the minute. But did you have anything else to add about uh, poor Hawkins here hanging from the trees?
2: Oh, I, I guess the last thing I would say I would add is that as they pull over the leaf as the camera is banding up, I really do love that effect that McTiernan employs throughout the movie of carrying on action in the background, specifically Dutch from the previous minute turns and walks away from the camera all in the same one shot as they're raising the camera as it pans Mm -hmm. past the leaf upward you can still see Dutch in the very far background out of focus now continuing the search for Hawkins body so
1: you're right I didn't even notice that until I'm looking back at it again that is some attention to detail that's pretty incredible
2: yeah and and some of the stuff you're not going to really catch on your first viewing likely you'd have to watch it multiple times or Uh, Minute by minute, God forbid. Um,
1: (laughs) Don't worry, everybody. We're doing it for you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: we're doing it for for you, for the love, the shared love of Predator. But yeah, then we jump into the second part of the minute where we have Blaine pointing old Painless around the area he's patrolling, looking for Hawkins' body. Payback time. Uh, He spits off to the side. He gives a great view of his bandages and some possible branding we could talk about in a moment. He gives off a couple really, really strong lines here. Come on in, you fuckers. Come on in. (laughs) As he releases the safety on Old Painless, and he gives the line, Old Painless is waiting. Come on in, you fuckers. Come on in. Painless is waiting. And that's a great drop. I love putting in throughout um, the minutes uh, for this movie. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Oh, painless is waiting. Oh, painless is waiting. It's just such so classic. It's such an iconic line here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's
2: a small animal pops out of the bushes where he had seen some movement where we maybe thought something dangerous or threatening was. He just kind of gives a guffaw and he starts to turn away as the minute ends. So it turns out yeah. it's just nothing. There's just like, oh, it's just a big fake out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and everyone can just go home now, right? Yeah, everybody everybody just go home. <laughs> Movie's over. <laughs> yeah, as, as Blaine comes into the frame here, we do get kind of another uh, a gun porn glory shot of this weapon. Old oh, Painless is waiting. Yeah. As he swings Old Painless around and the barrel goes right in front of the camera, moves around, we get another nice shot of all the crazy mechanics of this weapon. And uh, you really do see how like heavy that freaking thing must be. Mm -hmm. he's lugging it along there yeah and you mentioned we also get a shot of his bandages and some branding is that what that is branding on his uh shoulder
2: that's what looks to me because the skin looks raised yeah looks to be maybe a five or a weird looking s so I'm, i'm wondering what that could be if that's uh maybe something from a previous unit that he was in he mentions cambodia Likely, they served some time in Vietnam. That is,
1: uh, that is an effect. That's not like a real brand that Jesse Ventura has. You think?
2: I don't think it is. It, w- it would be interesting if it were, but I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's an effect because I feel like we would have seen that before, right? But maybe he has been showing yeah, that true, the arms as much before.
1: It's probably thinking about it. It's probably just supposed to be. Maybe it's, I think it might just supposed to be an injury. Okay. I don't, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at images of it's him. Probably not a real brand. Of his like
2: wrestling online, where he's shirtless and yeah, there's no. You just have that saved in a Google tab.
1: <laughs> you can just flip over. To it. Yeah, on
2: my on my work computer, no less.
1: <laughs> and there, there's no... <laughs> let me flip over to my Jesse Ventura wrestling tab.
2: <laughs> where with all these shirtless men, you know, uh, man needs to research other men. <laughs> That's another tab on my computer, just shirtless, man. Google image search,
1: of course. Right. It's on
2: Chrome, so it, like, saves a little search. Not that there's anything wrong right. with that. No, nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, save search, <laughs> save yeah. search.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you want to jump in uh, about, oh, should we talk about the skunk thing? Yeah, the skunk thing. So, uh, yeah, for the longest
2: time, I thought it was some kind of skunk, and you thought it was some kind of skunk. Uh, in the script it's listed as a taper and obviously it's no taper if you know your
1: tapers i know my tapers and that is not (laughs) that is not a taper i have been to the zoo. i've seen tapers that are much bigger (laughs) it's not a taper it's not a taper
2: (laughs) Uh, but on the imdb (laughs) it lists this as a mexican tree porcupine or a mexican hairy dwarf porcupine It's quite the string of adjectives. <laughs> You're one adjective away from like a lawsuit.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Which it is not. So, you think they just found one of these indigenous to the area and uh, it became a star. I think so. It became the, to put it in the, the star
2: of this minute. Other than uh, that brand uh, on Jesse Ventura's shoulder. This is, uh, I did a little bit of, copy pasting, of course, from the old Wikipedia. It is uh, the Mexican tree porcupine is found in Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, Mexico, Nicaragua, and Belize. So it's nice about this animal is that no one can argue that, oh, it wouldn't be an, in the natural Mexican environment when it would be, or to say, oh, this is supposed to be in Central America, it wouldn't be there. Well, yes, it would actually be in Central America as well, right, in that hmm. kind of those smaller countries south of Mexico. Hmm. So, yeah, good, good on the animal department for wrangling uh, a little creature, most likely just kind of setting yeah. it loose
1: uh, in front of the camera. I would not do well in this environment where there are animals crawling around everywhere. I mean, just last minute, we saw that big-ass snake, and now we get this kind of odd-looking skunk. I don't know. And the skunk looks harmless. It's almost kind of cute. But anytime you run into an unexpected animal in the woods or in the forest or, in this case, the jungle, it's a little off-putting. As someone who lives in a house in the suburbs,
0: I I don't always (laughs) react to it well.
1: (laughs) I might scream uh, like a little girl and drop all painless on the ground when I saw that dumb little skunk. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I, mean, I, I'm a
2: little bit f- frightened at times when I go outside at night and what I think is, a squirrel turns out to be like a family of raccoons hanging out in the same place the squirrels hang yeah. out.
1: Like, do the squirrels
2: just like transform at night in these giant <laughs> scary
1: things that hiss at have me? Have you ever seen like, yeah? Have you ever seen like an opossum at night? No, like, never. Those an opossum. are
0: creepy.
1: Oh man! So our house is up against a little green belt, and we get a lot of little critters that come out mm-hmm. at night. Yeah, sometimes we'll get possums that come out, and they are creepy, like ugly ass looking little animals. They got these beady eyes. They're uh, nocturnal. So like their, their eyes kind of glow at night, it's super weird. And they have this really pale skin. Oh, they're just disgusting. <laughs> they're gross animals. Every time I see one, I just have this like kind of, you know, a shiver, like this weird aversion to them. They're just Yeah, that reminds me of that meme about the possum,
2: where it's like a couple pictures of a possum on a cat found poster. (laughs) I have it in front of me right here. It's like this picture of a screeching possum, and it says, "It says, it says the first dash. It says male. Then above that, it says fe. Like they wrote the fe afterward to say female. (laughs) It
0: says (laughs) no collar, not very
2: friendly. I think she might be scared. Not. Not housebroken either. <laughs> if she's yours, call Dan Just <laughs> 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 uh, tells a story. No, it's, it's, it's possums sound That's terrifying to, to see at night. Um probably my favorite creature to see at night is the bat, because that tells you that all the bugs are going to go away one way or another. I love seeing the bats at night; such a mm. such a cool little thing, and they're so quiet when they fly through the air.
1: Bats are cool. I I was down in Austin, Texas, one night, and they have like a thing where if you hang out on this uh, bridge in town and wait for the right part of the night, like this huge like flock Ooh. is it a flock of bats will fly out underneath the bridge right when the sun goes down, and it's like a thing. Like people Ooh. go there to wait for the bats. It's, it's called a uh,
2: colony cool. of bats. Yeah. Yeah. Colony or a camp of bats. A colony of
1: bats. Ah. My favorite one of those is is crows. It's a murder of crows.
2: Yes, I like snakes because they're a plague of snakes.
1: A plague of snakes. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. This does bring to mind, though. You, yeah, you mentioned this in your notes. It brings to mind the um the very tropey uh thing in in suspense, horror, or thriller movies of the cat scare.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, you had a couple examples of uh, some cat scares that we'll see, uh, that we see in in movies. Yeah, so for those of you who are not watching the movement currently and are just
2: hearing everything as described by us, a cat scare is a strong buildup of high tension followed by a fright from something harmless, say a startled cat to release that tension. And in in this movie, we're seeing the use of a cat scare in the um, form of a porcupine. So porcupine scare um, and Jesse... As all the people in the group would probably do, just brushes it off. He's not jumping at it. He's not, you know, screeching high pitched at it. Ah, he's just yeah, he gives it just like a, laughs yeah, it. just laughs. Just gives it like a guffaw, like, <laughs> and then starts to turn
1: away. I was just say that, and that's the very end of the minute. Is him kind of smirking at seeing this uh, skunk like Mexican dwarf animal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're and yeah, we're gonna see the follow up combination which
2: usually happens along with a cat scare uh, is that jump scare which tv tropes calls double subverting a jump scare meaning you're at first scared by something harmless then you are kind of breathing a sigh of relief with the character then all of a sudden bam that's when something really scary happens or really intense frightening what have you happens. And we see that in uh, the next minute, but it brought to mind a couple examples that I wrote down. And I think you had a good one too for a cat scares. If you want me to go, yeah. first, I'll go first with mine, I guess. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead. So uh, the first one, which um, uses a cat effectively is the cat scare in alien. Right before the first appearance of yeah. the fully grown Xenomorph. Um, where the cat is watching the gory details that we're not seeing Um, and the second one is from the beginning of friday the 13th part two uh where the woman is going through the kitchen really cautiously right expecting the the baddie to pop up and then (laughs) through the open window flies a cat Uh, obviously just <laughs> thrown by an off-screen technician. And <laughs> a poor cat.
1: Yeah, a poor cat. And it's right before she discovers a decapitated head. When you mentioned that if you look closely at that scene, you can actually see the technician's hand throwing the cat. Well, I was thinking about this too, because you brought this up. And um, uh, this may be a, not a traditional cat scare, but it just made me think of scary cats. <laughs> and uh maybe think of the the movie pet cemetery the original from 1989 based on of course the Stephen King novel and uh there's a cat that uh works heavily into the plot of that movie as the cat is the first uh thing to be buried in the pet cemetery by our uh our protagonist, and we get a good scare from the cat when it it's comes back to life as essentially like a demon zombie cat. There's one part where it looks right at the camera, and uh, he sees the cat, and he, he thinks that it's the normal cat, and uh, but when he reaches towards it, or we, he looks at it, I can't quite remember exactly, but the cat like looks right at the camera and just goes... <laughs> <laughs> does this really like demonic like scary cat scowl and uh that that's a, that's a scary cat right there
0: yeah oh
2: <laughs> so that's it's kind of yeah. like a, a cat scare realized like a a cat scare that you realize that yes you, you should have really been scared of that in the first place well, sometimes
3: that is better
2: right like the, the cat is a scary yeah. thing yeah I was yeah. just watching the video in slow motion on YouTube where on Friday the 13th part two, the cat comes to the window and yeah, you can see the person's hand like through the curtain, just, just shoveling the cat into the kitchen. Oh <laughs> That's
1: oh, awesome. that's great. They didn't have a lot of rules back in nineteen eighty one. They were just like, Find a cat that we can throw through the window, and they were like, Oh, there's one over here.
2: Just just a one. Sweat.
1: <laughs> You're
2: you wanna be in a movie? <laughs> Meow no. Uh I'll 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 save director John McTiernan's commentary for next minute because it applies fully to next minute. I'm not going to spoil what that's all about, but I've been he's been talking about this one thing for the past 3 or 4 minutes over the commentary track uh, before this big scene happens, uh, so I want to save his words. Mm. Uh, for that, because I imagine when it comes to that scene, he's just going to again fall silent, like he does sometimes in his commentary tracks. Where he just he just stops talking. He's just watching <laughs> the right. movie with us, which is, I guess, nice that he's spent that time watching yeah. his own movie. But come on, John McTiernan, like give us some give us some meaty
1: details. All right, well, that kind of rounds us out and brings mm-hmm. us to the end of this minute. It's a pretty straightforward minute broken up into two distinct sections. Um, So if we have nothing further, so we jump on to uh, Weekly Recommends. Let's jump on to Recommends. So what have you to recommend this week, Jeff? Well, uh, both you and I have been on some family vacations recently, which is why this episode Mm -hmm. is slightly delayed uh, for anyone out there. But um, I'll do kind of a quick two recommends. Recommend one is uh, nothing I really need to recommend because I think everyone... Who uh, likes this show is probably already watching it but um i'm right in the middle of watching stranger things season three and uh it's super fun i i've uh enjoyed all the stranger things uh episodes so far and uh you know we're getting to the point now where um the story is somewhat contrived and uh and some might say it's gone off the rails a little bit but uh i just allow myself to be immersed in that world and and just enjoy it for what it is and uh stranger things for me is just one hour of pure entertainment so if you haven't started season three yet um highly recommend it it's been uh it's been super fun so far i haven't finished it but um i like it so far yeah yeah i I love the first two
2: seasons yeah we're, we're about the same age where i think we're like just a few months apart uh birthday wise but yeah um i imagine that show
1: kicks in the the nostalgia with you yeah oh for sure and like what's been fun about this season as with other seasons there's just little like 80s easter eggs strewn in through the show mm, and yeah. so far i've noticed um at one point one of the characters is wearing a weird owl yankovic shirt uh at another point they're <laughs> listening to my bologna uh, a great early weird owl song um oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, I also always look for posters because there's always like fun movie posters. And so far, I've spotted uh, Evil Dead, the original, uh, and also John Carpenter's The Thing, which is my favorite movie. And so both of those posters have shown up in various uh, spots. So awesome yeah, Stranger Things season three. Uh, quickly, w- one more I'm going to recommend a movie I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this week I'm planning on uh, heading out to my local cinema to see a uh, crawl, which is <laughs> a new summertime creature feature. Directed by Alexander Aha, I think his name is, um, who has done several other horror movies that I've enjoyed. Um, And it's also produced by Sam Raimi, among a couple other people. Sam Raimi, of course, of Evil Dead fame, one of my favorite horror directors. So this is a movie that's right in my wheelhouse. I'm sure it's going to be fun. All the reviews so far have said it's a super fun, just summer creature feature to go see and get a big book. At of popcorn so support uh studio horror because uh, if more people go see it the more great horror movies hopefully will be made so although i have not seen it yet i recommend it <laughs> go, check, go check it out
2: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's awesome you'll have to report back next week to tell
1: the audience how it was <laughs> i will i will next week everybody you'll get a full uh jeff glover review of crawl i promise <laughs> Yeah, if I were to review
2: something I haven't seen yet, it would have to be uh, a little movie coming out in December called Star Wars Episode Nine. But I'll save that. Just a little indie, right? Just a little indie? (laughs) Right. By a little indie studio, Disney. (laughs)
1: So uh, what do you got for us this week?
2: This week I'm recommending... Toy Story 4 the uh, latest Pixar Disney adventure I watched it while on vacation on one of the super rainy days that we saw on the Washington slash Oregon coast this past week I took my daughter, my 4 year old daughter to it she loved it, she especially loved the new character Forky yes, Yes. (laughs) made out of a spork and voiced by Tony Hale from Arrested Development and Veep, yes Uh, yes he's great he's definitely one of the main takeaways from the movie for me and for most people Uh, i also found the antagonist in the movie really interesting um, in having their own story i don't want to spoil anything for the non-toy story seers yet Um, Mm -hmm. i would say the storyline is familiar to past toy story story storylines But at the same time, it has enough differences and it has enough twists on the um, original takes on the the toy stories to keep it lively, keep it interesting. Lots of jokes, lots of laughs. Uh, Key and Peeler in there doing a, a good... (laughs) buddy back and forth quips and scenarios that they're talking about Uh, and there are quite a few parts that you could be tearing up during uh, especially if you have any kind of tie to the previous Toy Story movies which I do because when former guest of the show Zach Zabriskie um, was just a, Zach. <laughs> Zach, Zach. <laughs> it was just a wee toddler. Toy Story was one of his go-to movies. Uh, it was Toy Story one uh, we'd watch over and over on VHS and <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Those were like his two go-to movies in the, the mid-90s when nice. he was just a little bug rat toddler just requesting movies. And I really liked Toy Story, so it was an easy one to watch over and over again and then to watch Toy Story 4 and how it unfolds for the different characters. Uh, it was it was really satisfying.
1: Yeah, it was pretty great. I took my five-year-old to go see it, and she also loved yeah. it. And uh, it's always fun watching those kinds of movies kind of through your kids' eyes. Because, you know, uh, she's five. And so leading up to go seeing this, we watched all the other Toy Story movies. Mm. And, you know, I would seen part one lots of times. Right. Uh, but it had been a very long time since I watched part two, part three. And they're both good. They do kind of tell the same story over and over again. Like someone gets lost. You got to go save them and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, you know, the characters are always fun to see again. Uh, the voice acting is really great. And, uh, yeah, and the jokes are fresh and, and fun funny and yeah so i second your recommend awesome nice awesome yeah i i
2: I love that it brings up like more adult issues and themes too where kids aren't necessarily going to clue into those but at the same time like the adults watching with them can be thinking about questions like um how much help is too much help or i just Mere questions of existence, like "Why am I alive?" <laughs> 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 or, or "What makes a toy a toy and not trash?" For instance,
3: "Daddy, why do
1: people
2: die?" <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, at at one point, um, I could I could I could swear uh, my four year old was m- maybe tearing up because I was tearing up uh, towards the end. I was wondering if she was too, but we're wearing the 3D glasses, and I didn't want to bother her to you know, divert her attention, <laughs> but it's yes. Good research. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, the audience has any recommends, feel free to join the discussion at Predator Minute listeners, Palapa on Facebook or on Twitter at Predator Minute, or feel free to email the show Predator Minute at gmail.com. And
1: Jeff, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on the Twitter. I'm Capital K Carl underscore Capital H Hungus three one four. Follow me on Twitter. As always, that's where I am. All right, just in case something's
2: wrong with the cable.
1: Need <laughs> 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 to fix the cable.
2: Need <laughs> to fix the cobble. Hello,
1: my dispatches says there's something wrong with your cobble.
2: Cool, cool. So for Predator Mm -hmm. Minute, Minute 47, I've been John Zabriskie.
1: And I am Jeff Glover.
2: And until next time, stick around. Stick around. All painless is waiting. All painless is waiting. All painless. All painless is is waiting. Oh, what a line.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Heidi Bennett of Vibrant Visionaries podcast and Spinal Tap Minute podcast. And this is a quick little promo for an upcoming event that my co-host Sean and I wanted to tell you about. And it's Movies by Minutes Portland. Welcome to this promo, Sean. How are you doing over there?
3: Fantastic. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: We're going to be meeting up in Portland, Oregon on Saturday, August 24th. For live podcasting games on the stage, we've got the Movies by Minutes guys from Star Wars Minute. Actually, it's going to be a mashup of Star Wars Minute and the Godfather Minute.
3: Oh, wow. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. And then uh, we're going to have the newly pod game. Rick from Mad Max Minute is going to be hosting that. Vibrant Visionaries, where I'm going to have the fellas from Open the Podcast Doors, Hal, (laughs) (laughs) which I think you could probably figure out which podcast that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then just added the cast and the Furious. So lots of live podcasting and some games going on. So I wanted to ask you about the game that you're going to be a part of. Why don't you tell me more about the Cystic Fibrosis Fundraiser Movie Trivia Tournament? Sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, trivia competition between teams of uh, movie podcasters and movie fans answering uh, trivia questions about movies in Portland on that Saturday will be uh, the final round to name this year's champion. And this is all to raise funds for research into cystic fibrosis. The contestants can get hints from the audience for, um, I think it'll be five or $10 or something like that.
0: Yeah. So just a little bit more about the event. It, is actually the third year we've done this. We started by doing a Movies by Minutes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Last year we went to Denver. This year we're in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are $20. It's a family friendly event and it's really a social event. So we'll have a break for lunch. We'll have a beer and wine will be served. And um, and then lots of live podcasting and just opportunities to socialize and, and hang out with fellow listeners, hang out with other podcasters. If you're a podcaster out there in the Pacific Northwest, we'd love to have you come and, you know, mix, mingle and swag swap with us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a, just a it's not just for the Movies by Minutes listener, but the podcast listener and fan alike.
3: This is not it's not a, a technical conference. If you've if you've ever been to a conference for work where everyone's talking about kind of the behind the scenes stuff and the nitty gritty there's certainly some of that that will be experienced podcasters there. So if you're looking to get your own podcast off the ground and, and you want to talk to some people and, and get some input, there's that as well. But it's mainly for listeners. Listeners should, I think, would get the most out of it. See some, you know, see your favorite podcasts live on stage. And also there are a lot of folks that will be coming in from around the country and around the world the, the formal meeting itself that you need to buy a ticket to is just that Saturday, but we'll be around that whole weekend. I know a lot of the podcasters into board games. So if you're a big board game person, there's going to be informal gatherings of people playing board games. If, if you're into pinball and arcade games, I've been scouting out arcades in the Portland area, and there's a few that are not too far from the theater. So I'm sure there's going to be some pinball and video game uh, playing going on that weekend as well. So it really is a a whole weekend of uh, fun and events for again for podcasters for listeners for folks that just love to talk about movies. Sweet. We should tell the fine folks where they can get tickets.
0: Go to moviesbyminutes.com/portland. That's moviesbyminutes.com/portland to buy tickets. Again, tickets are 20 bucks.
3: Listeners, we look forward to seeing you there.
0: All right. See you in Portland.